this is Steve Balton, and you are tuned into My Turning Point with special guest Mike Patton, who many of you know for his work with Faith No More, or Mr. Bungle, or Tomahawk. Today we're talking about the new Tomahawk record, how meeting composer John Zorn changed his career, the freedom he enjoys as an artist, and much more. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. It's a really interesting one. I'm sure you found that the stuff you did in the eight years in between Tomahawk records, you brought stuff back to this, to, you know, this record that, you know, you probably learned during the eight year interval. I'm sure things came back to tonic uh, mobility. I can't talk today, by the way, I was just telling my producer, I'm like seventh interview in three days. So I'm brain dead. So if I fuck up things, but tonic <laughs> immobility, I'm sure you brought things to it in, from the eight year interval that you're like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. You know and I'm sure? The other band members did too. I mean, those guys recorded, it, this was a really weird record. Uh, they recorded the stuff without me uh, about, I want to say, three years ago in Nashville. And I was busy doing some other crap and, you know, having some personal issues. And I'm like, I'm not ready to do this, so I'm not coming to Nashville. And, um, and they said, okay, just do the, rec- do, do the vocals, you know, at home. Which I've done before on 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 Tomahawk Records and many others. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference was it just took me a minute to like really sink into the music. Like 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 it sounded great and I loved it, but I was like, how am I gonna tackle this? And what I decided was <clears throat> to make it ultra minimal like i'm not playing no samplers no over orchestrating no no strings or organs or you know i'm not adding anything i'm gonna just sing and and really respect uh the uh, the music that was in front of me and and that's a hard thing for me to do personally um most singers would probably laugh at that but it's it's hard for me to do less rather than more, and 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 this. So this was a really good like you were talking about learning stuff. You know, um, you know during uh, you know over a period of time. Um, yeah, I, I learned. Hey, step back. You don't have to be the forefront all the time. You don't have to assert every idea. Let the music speak. And that's a really interesting skill and something I think I'm still learning. Well, all right. I want to come back to that in one second because we kind of veered off. Well, not veered off cars. This is all course, but you know, let's tie that in with your turning point moment and then come back to that because I, I have a feeling that they probably intersect a little bit if I'm, if I'm correct. Because now your turning point moment, I believe Monica told me, was meeting John Zorn, correct? Yes. Okay, so when did that happen? And, and what makes that your turning point moment? What, what was it that you learned from? And why I bring that back in with this is, you know, I'm sure that if that's your turning point moment, I'm sure it's, it's you know, meeting him, you learned quite a bit from him as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was learning, but I was learning. And it happened in uh, when he produced the first Mr. Bungle record when we first met him. 
And then he had me, you know, he liked, for whatever reason, he liked what I did and invited me to participate in, in a few of his uh, projects. You know how prolific this guy is, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, it's an honor to be asked to, to, to play with him or to collaborate with him. And, and he did that with me for whatever reason. I have no idea why, but it just, it changed. Like it, it, it gave me more courage and more, you know, like confidence in my voice as an instrument, not as just being like, <clears throat> I think pre-Zorn, I, I was just a singer, you know? Right. Hey, I come in here, I come in there, I come out. He taught me how to uh, 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 hear the voice and hear music differently. Whereas, you know, like a band like Phantomas that I, that I formed would have never been possible without his influence. And, and what he taught me um, specifically in that project was, Hey, your voice doesn't have to be, you don't have to be like the chorus guy and the cute guy. Your voice can be anything you want it to be. And, and it, it made me realize that, holy shit, yeah, oh, wait, I, I actually have an ability here that I can. And so with Phantomas, I, I decided, I made a conscious decision to make the voice not a voice, to make it more like a second guitar and, and, and a, in a really disjointed, you know, kind of way. And, and, you know, I credit that to him. Like, like, I, you know, so if you, you, you call it a turning point, like that's, that's really an important one for me because he taught me how to hear things differently. Well, it's so interesting because as I said, I think, you know, why I mentioned that then is tying that back in with the learning and the process that you mentioned in making the Tomahawk record. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I mean, for you, are there things that you now look back on, as you say, that when you started working with John, he was teaching you that you didn't know you were learning. So as you continue to learn and as you, and the other thing about it too, man, is I think, you know, I, I talk about this also with thousands of art. Look, you get older, you get more comfortable with yourself. You're more secure and you also lose nah. that feeling that you have when you're a 20 year old kid. Like I did when you're an idiot, when you're like, I know everything in the world and no one can teach me shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> luckily I, I don't have that malady. I'm always willing to learn and always willing to work with people. And, and <clears throat> that's why collaborations to me are, are, as opposed to bands are more, or I wouldn't say more, but they're, they're just as rewarding because you're always going to learn something. Like I work with, you know, DJ Cuber and he's like, you know, scratching like a fucking maniac. And, and like, I'm learning rhythms from him. 
So like, like everything that you do or every, you know, footstep that you take basically is a learning experience. And, and, and so I, 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 I keep waiting for that moment where I'm going to sit back and rest on my laurels, but you know what? It ain't happening. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. I'm too curious. I'm too, um, restless, I guess. Um, um, I wish I could, uh, but, but no, it's not going to happen. Well, you know, it's really interesting because I, I, it's funny. I mean, I listened, you know, I've listened to the album a couple of times and, and the first thing I noticed on there, and of course, you know, this might just be projecting because I'm such a psycho fan, but when I was listening to the opening of Sure, it felt like the opening, it felt like Tom Waits, what's he building in there to me? And I don't know, I'm going to guess you're a yeah. fan. Are you a fan? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, no, I channel him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I channel him a lot, um, even though I can't really be him. Um, <laughs> there, there are moments in, in, in every band that I'm in really where we reference, you know, people like, like, Hey man, more Tom Araya or more Tom Waits or more fucking Nancy Sinatra or more <laughs> like, like these things actually are said in the studio and, and it helps me because I'm not a learned you know, trained, um, musician, you know, I don't read notes. I don't, I don't, I don't speak that language. Um, so when I'm working and, and I purposefully work with people that are better than me, all of them, every guy and every band that I've played in is better than me. They know more and they teach me. You know, they, they actually teach me by whether it's, uh, osmosis or, um, you know, a lot of times in faith, no more, um, what we would do is reference movies like, Hey, make it more, uh, like Paris, Texas, not Paris, but Paris, Texas. And like, I knew exactly what that meant. Like make it more Western, make it more like fucked up and funky. Um, uh, and there's millions of examples like that where, 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 you know, band members, and it, it's all about communication, really. It's all about communication and how <clears throat> a unit becomes a thing. And, you know, it's tough to do for a band, you know, different people, different ideas, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, but one time a day, it will come together. And, and like, like, uh, I mean, there's so many examples, but it's, it's really about for me being open-minded enough to listen <clears throat> and listening is like one of the hardest things for a musician to do because once you've achieved, you know, some things, you think you know it. You think you know it all, but you don't know shit. Okay? So keeping your ears open and your mind open is the most important thing. Listen. 
listen to others and then you'll get better. Oh, no question. That's what I was getting at earlier with the idea of as, as you get older, people getting more comfortable and becoming more open and, you know, all that. But it's interesting. The reason I asked about Tom with specifically, you know, and it's, it's I love the movie reference too. And I'm going to ask you about that in a second because I also, you know, used to be a film writer and still a big film buff. But what I was getting is, are there artists that you look to or admire for the way that they've been able to constantly reinvent themselves, evolve, change, do different things? Going back to what we were talking about earlier, the artistic freedom and how, as you said, it's kind of a birthright, you know? So for you, who are those artists that you look to for the way that they've been able to just constantly reinvent themselves? I mean, it's not really, uh, I don't even know if you have to reinvent yourself. If you really have something that you're on, if you're riding a wave that's constantly moving, then stay on it. Um, however, I will say that Tom Waits for sure has been one of those guys that he jumps off a wave and he catches another one. Nick Cave, another guy. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, the guy can barely even sing, but he's like making amazing music and really it's compelling shit. And, and it's orchestrated in a great way. Um, I mean, who else? Fuck. Oh, maybe I'll I fucking stop love there. Nick. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I love Nick Cave too. And it's interesting though, because all of these artists, I feel like found new creative grooves as they got older. I mean, it's funny because Nick Cave in the last probably five to seven years has become to me like the best live performer in music. And I've seen him for years, but he definitely is an artist who's gotten more comfortable. Oh yeah. He's amazing. Fucking you know what? I should say Bjork too. Bjork, Bjork like really did that. You know, I, I saw her grow up as a kid and then, you know, become whatever the hell she is now. And, and I think that she really did that as well. Oh, no question. Amazing. I'm a huge Bjork fan as well. Um, you know, and again, when you look at what she's done playing with orchestras and going back and in the movie, you know, I mean, yeah, she's an artist who's done that so well. But now I'm curious, and it's funny because this ties in because she's a movie person. Well, wait, before we come out of that, there's so many things you're saying that then prompt other questions. But, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the communication in a band. And obviously, as you say, this was a weird record. So it's interesting. Did it take you guys a minute to find your groove as a band because you made it in separate places? Not really. No. I mean, well, well, there were two groups. There was the bands and then me. <laughs> because they recorded it without me and, 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 and they nailed it. Like, like they sent me the stuff and I was like, damn, this is amazing. But it took me a second to find their groove, so to speak. And, um, so like, you know, there's no formula to any of this stuff, you know? Uh, um, I, I, I guess my point would be when you're in a band, okay, it's a band. It's, it's, it's a team, you know, it's a collection of, of players and they all have to be in sync. And sometimes 
they can be out of sync and then find their sync again. And I think that's what happened with, with, with um, this new record. Like I somehow brought <clears throat> my stuff in and, and it made it all, you know, glued together. And, and, and the guys were like so happy, like, oh my God. There was a moment where, you know, I think a lot of the guys thought, oh, this record's never going to get made. <laughs> God knows what Pat is doing. Um, so, you know, every band is a chemical experiment, you know, and, and they're all different. Um, and this one is one of the most clear uh, that, that, that I've been in. <clears throat> Meaning, Dwayne writes the fucking music. We execute it. And then I do my thing. And then we kind of make sure that it all works together. Uh, so, um, in, 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 in hindsight, yeah, Tomahawk is like an actually a really great and easy band to be in because I got my role. Everybody knows their roles, you know, it's like a really good sports team. Um, everybody does their job and, and then somehow, hopefully we find the magic in it. Okay. So what point in the making, you know, I know exactly in the, at what point in the making of this record, did you feel like you found the magic for you? Because like you said, it was made in two parts. So was there a point early yeah. on where you felt like you found the magic? Uh, maybe like two or three songs in like, that's usually what happens with me. It's like, I'll do like a, like a, like a gibberish version of, of every tune just to get it, you know, approved or, or, Hey, I'm on the right track. Like to get some feedback. And, and after Dwayne told me like, after like two or three tunes, I'm like, okay, I got this. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's the sort of, camaraderie that you know the kind of you know team play that a band needs is you know self-criticism and and also like calling each other on their on their bullshit and Dwayne did that masterfully so for you I mean you say it took two or three songs to sort of get your groove what were those first songs that you did where you found like okay and then you got into that groove were there songs early on that sort of set the tempo for the record for you uh, uh, let me think let me think uh, Valentine the Valentine song that was the one because it sounded so much like Tomahawk you know version one uh, like it almost sounded like something that could have been on our first record. So I'm like, Oh, I know exactly what to do with this. Yep. And I dove in and bingo. Um, but also like just kind of hearing, um, uh, like a tune, like business casual, which I can't remember the working title of that one, but it, there was so much space in the music you know, that I'm not very used to. I'm about filling up space. Like, that's what I do. 
Um, so there was so much space in it and it really sounded so clear and it was recorded so well that I was just like, okay, I got to really rethink my approach here. I can't use like 10 harmonies and, and add instruments and no, no, no. I'm just going to take it for what it is. And, and I mean, almost like a punk rock record, really, you know, just like, Hey, I'm a singer fucking sing or scream or do whatever you, you know, you do. Um, so yeah, like early on, yeah, there were just like a few tunes that just triggered me. And I'm like, yep, I get it. I get it. Well, now that's so interesting though. And this is what I was starting to get to earlier. And then I got sidetracked by the turning point, but it's funny. I, I look back at right to me, you know, and again, this is another thing I attribute to, to, you know, coming a little bit with age is you also sort of look for me from a writing standpoint, right? When you're younger, there's this like thing about wanting to use all the big words and, and show off everything, you know, and then as you get older, I look at someone like a Raymond Carver, for example, who's one of my favorite authors. And it's like, dude, that simplicity is way more devastating mm-hmm. Than being able mm-hmm. to say that, you know, I mean, he could say in, in, you know, one page what it takes someone else 20 pages to say. And I look at it in like a, you know, to me, maybe it's funny. You mentioned like a punk rock record. I don't think there'll ever be a more punk rock record than John Lennon Plastic Ono Band because of the message in that and the power yeah. Yeah. of what yeah. he says. Yeah. So, so for you, it's interesting finding that, you know, sort of groove where it's like, okay, now I see like, you know, that sort of simplicity. I mean, it's something, and you, sent, and you said at the beginning, you're still learning it. So have there been points where you realize that, or when you go back and look at this album now, are there moments that really stand out to you where you're like, okay, this would have been a point where I would have put in this or the harmonies or done this or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah. you know, now no, you- I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't listen back to it. I can't do it. It's, it's like heart wrenching for me to listen back to any of the records I've done. Um, this one I've listened to, you know, more recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but like, you know, who is your own harshest critic? Yourself, right? At least of that's course. the way it works for me. That's the way it works for me. And, and, and like, I'm always, <clears throat> if I listen to like, you know, uh, records I've done, it, it's always like, oh God, oh God. Like, I only hear the mistakes. I only hear, oh God, I should have done that or hit that note or added this or taken back that. So, um, yeah, I haven't listened back to the Tomahawk record in a while, um, but, I, but I did. I did because it's the most recent one that I've done. Um, and, and I'm, I gotta say, I mean, uh, I think I, I like, I like it, you know, I like it and, and, and I'm proud of it. And I'm glad that, cause another thing that I set out to do was not to be metric, you know, not to sing like a normal singer, like maybe more like a, a fucking beat poet or something like that. Like go over the bar lines and go make it, it should be like really fluid. And, and, and David, yeah, was great at this, you know? So I was, I actually channeled a lot of him. Uh, like he's a big influence, you know, on me, especially for this record. Cause he just like talks, 
You know, and it, it just, there's no verse, there's no chorus. It just goes, you know, it goes up and down. And, 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 and I, I really tried to like, you know, emanate that, you know, in my own way. Um, and I think so. Like, you know what? Who else was great at that? Sinatra. He went yeah. over the bar lines like crazy. Like the guy was never in a hurry. It's not like one, two, three, four. He was just moving. He was like a wave. You know, he was like a fucking, you know, it was like wind blowing. <laughs> and it just sounded natural. And that, like, that, I was really trying to, I've never been good at that. So, there you go. Another learning experience. <laughs> All right. No, it's so funny what you were saying about not listening back and how, it's hard. you know, every artist is their own worst critic. I mean, it's become a, a, you know, I use this joke all the time, but it's like, how do you tell the narcissistic sociopath, the artist who goes back and listens to their own music? But, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, a lot of times artists will have to go back and listen to it, you know, whether it's for a retrospective or a greatest hits or to learn the songs for tour or whatever. And, you know, that's always an interesting thing because what I find is then talking to artists is once you've been away from it for a while, you actually get to, yeah. you know, perspective on the songs and hear them almost from the point of view of a fan. So it's interesting mm-hmm. going back then and looking at the early Tomahawk stuff or looking at other stuff from your career. Are there things then that you can sort of distance yourself from and appreciate in a different way? Yes, absolutely. And you're totally right. Time makes that easier to do. <clears throat> like, I will go back sometimes and listen to like, you know, say like a bungle record or some collaboration I did, um, you know, with like Jean-Claude Vanier, for example, like, like, was this record as good as I thought it was? Like, that's what I think. And then I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it and go, well, could have been better. And almost always that's what I think. <laughs> and, and it sucks. But it's like not a fun experience. But sometimes you get like pleasantly surprised, you know, and go, oh my God, we did that? <laughs> like how the hell? What the? And, 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 and it's almost like, like, like you said, like listening to a cover band. Like I, I'm not in there anymore. So it's, it's very, uh, yeah, it's, it's surreal in, in a sense. You're listening to someone else sing your music and you know the words and you know the notes, but it ain't you anymore. So after time, I think that, 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 you know, harsh criticism softens a little bit, at least for me. Oh, it's so funny, man. I love that because I always go back to, uh, Allison Mosshart, who I don't know if you know her. I'm sure you've met her over the years. And, you know, she was telling me this great story about how she was in a bar. And Allison, Allison Mosshart from The Kills and Dead Weather. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She I was don't know her story like about, personally, but I know, I know her music. Yeah. Yeah. She was telling me that she was in a bar once and she's like listening to the song. And she's like, wow, this is a really cool song. And it took her a full 90 seconds before she's like, oh, shit, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> So, so have you had that experience or, or when you go back and 
when you go back and hear your stuff now, is there's, and it's like, but okay, for example, when you guys were touring Faith No More was scheduled to do some dates last year with System, do you go back and revisit the stuff just to sort of, you know, reacclimate yourself to it for tour or no? Well, of course I would. If we were going to do the tour, <laughs> I'd have to relearn it. <laughs> but, but, but I guess what I think what you're asking is, is it in my mind or do I have to relearn it? And the answer is I have to relearn it. It's outside of me now. It's not me. So, um, and that goes for like almost any band that I tour with. It's, it's, <clears throat> we call it wood shedding. And, and when you shed, what you're doing is getting reacclimated with your own music, which is a really uncomfortable thing sometimes. And then that's before actual rehearsals. Then you go to rehearsals and then you do it with everybody in the room. Um, so yeah, I, I would have absolutely listened to that stuff. And I probably would have cringed sometimes, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's life. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll make this last question, but then um, it's funny you know, what I was asking or what I was kind of, are there particular songs that are moments that you can look at or that you can step back from and be like, all right now, and I mean, going back and looking at it, you know, regardless of band or collaboration, I guess what I'm asking is there are one or two favorites for you that, that you, or songs that, you know, it's interesting, not necessarily perfect, but you, you either reappreciate or that become almost prophetic. And when you go back and hear them, you're like, wow, I'm surprised how applicable that still is to where I am today. Yeesh. Nah, man. I got nothing for you. <laughs> it's all right. They're all, I mean, it, 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 it. when you go back and listen, you know, there's an equal amount of dread and sometimes surprise. Um, but I can't really point out one or two. I mean, I'm trying to think. Uh, ugh. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's like that with every band, every song, like, Oh God, I didn't do that. Okay. I'm going to do that better in this time. Um, and, and, and this, you know, it comes with perspective and age. And I think that that's, you know, like I said before, who's the worst critic yourself. And, and I think that that is a great way to live like you have to be your own worst critic yeah cool yeah otherwise nobody who else knows what the fuck you're doing you know well it's funny though because at the same time i think that it can be to a fault you know so it's like it's kind of what i was getting at too is like you know it's interesting because again as someone who gets to talk to so many artists because you say otherwise who the else knows you know but i mean for other for artists you become so hard on yourself that it's sometimes hard to step back and appreciate. I go back to, you know, I use this example a lot, but it makes sense. It's like Don Henley, right? Whether you're an Eagles fan or not, there's no question the band's had a big impact and the guy's a great songwriter. And we were talking about writing Desperado and he's like, you know, he's like, I hate to ever admit this publicly because I don't want to ruin the song for people. But he's like, when I listen to that, all I hear is being 24 years old. And I'm like, I shit, I wish we could record the drums differently, you know? And it's like, so yeah. I think artists well, become such perfectionists yeah. though. In a sense, that's what I'm saying is, is re-listening to your stuff when you get to a certain age becomes 
futile. Like, like I can't change it. So why am I going to listen? And if I do listen, I'm going to go, I'm going to like fucking get like anxiety, you know, out the, out my fucking brain, you know, it's like, you can't change it. It is what it is. It's a document. And, and, you know, I've, I've learned to kind of, you know, I, I re-listen sometimes to, to things that I've done and I've learned to just kind of let it go and go, well, that's what we were doing then. <laughs> Which is an easy way of saying, well, we kind of fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the time it was, you know, I can, I can honestly say uh, most of the stuff that I've done was really honest at that, at that moment. You know, like we were recreating a moment and taking a Polaroid of us at that time. Which, hey man, families do that shit. Fathers do that shit. Why can't we? Yeah. I do. What do you want to add? I didn't ask did you I, about. Did I, I answer did. your question? <laughs> you did. And it's funny because it's, again, like I say, it's, it's authentic to, like I said, 99.9% of artists, you know, who, who have that same view. And I, I get it. But that's why it's always fascinating to me, you know, to go back and hear it from the point of view of, you know, like I said, a detached point of view. I mean, you know, listen, sometimes I'll go back and listen to stuff and go, hey, that was pretty fucking great. I can't believe. And I can't remember how we did it. You know, like that sort of like wonder or, or mystique is cool. Even though I was in the middle of it, even though I, maybe I wrote it at times, um, it, 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 it goes to a certain part of your brain where you're just like, wait a second, who the, what the hell is this? You know, I, I, have, I have that feeling with Mr. Bungle a lot. Like, oh my God, I wrote that? How did, how did we do that? You know, or Faith No More. I mean, it, man, almost any band I've ever been in. Like, how the hell did we do that? And that just sort of, I guess, belies the, the, the you know, the, the, the thought that, Things are happening in real time when you make a record and you're really in a, in a zone and it, there's really things <clears throat> they're going a million miles an hour and you've got to make decisions quickly and it's got to be very cut and dry and decisive. But then you listen back to it and it's like, it doesn't sound like that. <laughs> So it's, I don't know. Sometimes it cracks me up just to listen to my own stuff, but I don't do it often. Believe me. Yeah. All right. Well, if you could ever go back and bring yourself to listen to, uh, hold on to, to tonic immobility, you know, what are there moments that you think like, okay, or, or what, what do you think you would think about it? If you could go back and listen to it in 15 years. Too soon. Fair enough. Totally get it. <laughs> 
That's funny, no, because I, I remember I was talking to Ani DeFranco not long ago. I was asking her what she takes from her new album, and she's like, I don't know, ask me in 20 or 30 years. Yeah, that's 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 an artist right there. Yeah. I mean, look, I could tell you, uh, I could tell you some stupid crap that I would fix uh, uh, or not, but it doesn't matter. Like, what really matters is how does the album make you feel? You know, we're not in the, we're not in science. We're in the feeling business. You know, we want to make people feel stuff. And um, sometimes even the people that create it don't know what they're feeling at the time. And, and I would put uh, myself in that category. So, yeah, I'll have to take the, the Fifth Amendment on that one. Fair enough and all good. Anything you want to add that we didn't talk about? Because we covered a lot of shit. No, I think, I mean, unless there's something, I mean, I hate talking about myself. So if, if there's something you need to know, uh, let me know. Otherwise, I will bid you adieu. I don't know. You, you, hate, you said you hate talking. I mean, that's another thing. Most artists hate talking about themselves. So given the opportunity, what, what's the one song or artist that you would rather talk about? Say that again. You're talking too fast, man. Sorry, I said, because you said you hate talking about yourself, which most artists do. Given the opportunity, yeah. is there one song or artist that you would rather talk about? And we'll make that last one wrap oh, up on that. Okay, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, let me think. Uh, kind of caught me off guard there. Um, um, okay. Sampa the Great is the artist, and the song is okay. called Final Form. Do you know it? I don't. In fact, now okay. I'm Googling it, Sampa the Great little, because... It's a little off the map. And it's hip-hop, but I don't know why. I just I can't get that fucking song out of my head. So... I would rather talk about her. And I think she, well, she lives, I think she's in New York now, but uh, originally from Africa um, and had a weird like backstory. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about her. So I would ask questions about her. Who is Sampa oh, well, the Great? Got, now you got to be damn curious. So I'm looking her up now. All right. Now I'm going to go oh, and do, check do, out do, the song right away. All right. Do it. Play it. You're going to okay, fucking wait. die. It's fucking so good. All right. Cool. I will definitely and by check the way, it out. It's looking. poison. It's, it's poison because you're not going to get it out of your fucking ears for like 10 days. All right. So I just gave you a curse. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is fascinating. Cause it, yeah, well, I'm looking her up now. I'm going to wait to play it, but it's, uh, you know, I mean, she's actually apparently, so she was born in Zambia. But yeah, she was freaking huge in Australia, man. She's won all these ARIA awards. Oh, that, you know what? I think she grew up in Australia, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was wrong on that. I was wrong on that. I think and in Melbourne. Fact, and in fact, uh, Final Form won the best hip-hop release at the ARIA awards as well. Sheesh. Who knew? <laughs> I didn't, man. I mean, that, that stuff, uh, yeah, that stuff, you know doesn't exactly translate over here, but man, I heard her and I was just like, Oh my 
God. Or at least that track was absolutely devast- devastating, mate, as they say down there. Nice. Yeah. All right, cool, dude. Thanks so much for your time. This was a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Okay, we're done? We're done. I'm going to go and listen. I'm not going right. to keep you on the line while I listen to it, but I've got it queued up on my computer right now. Dude, listen to that fucking shit. Trust me. I, I will. Like, it's it. literally on my computer here. Well, because you can see it's queued up, ready to go. Sweet. All right, man. Cool, Thank man. you so much. Congratulations on the record. Thanks so much. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Appreciate it. Thank you. Ciao. Hey, this is Steve Balton. You've been listening to My Turning Point with special guest Mike Patton. Thanks. When it comes to LASIK, Dr. Boutros and the Eye Center have led the way for the past 25 years. Today, this tradition continues by being one of the few practices in the country to offer you iDesign 2.0, using the same technology as the NASA James Webb Telescope. And in the hands of an elite surgeon like Dr. Boutros, more patients are seeing 2020 or better after LASIK. Right now, enjoy 20% off iLASIK with iDesign. Go to theeyecenter.com or call 888-844-2020. Some restrictions apply. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.